What's up, Broncos country? What's up, Broncos country? This is Phil Lindsay. Justin Simmons here. This is Alexander Johnson. Hey, I'm Vaughn Miller, and you're listening to the Nutra Zone. Hello, and thank you for joining us here on the Neutral Zone. I am Phil Milani, joined as always by my trusty sidekick, my partner in crime, really. The best way to describe this person is my everything. It's at Eric Dalala. Phil, good to see you. Uh, for those of people joining us on YouTube, are you are you lost? You a, little bit of a, a little bit of role reversal here, I would say, Eric. I am in the office today. You are at home it looks like you just got up from a nice long nap. Uh, exactly. How are you feeling? Yeah, it's nice. I uh, I wanted to make sure I was well rested to listen to George Payton and Vic Fangio talk to the media on Thursday because I figured there'd be lots of news, Phil. I was I think I was right. I think you are right too. Yeah, this is a, an action packed episode of the Neutral Zone. I had a chance to chat one on one with George Payton, so. We'll have that conversation and a lot of uh, news, like you mentioned, uh, Eric, to get to. We'll also hear from Vic Fangio just talking about a lot of the questions that uh, we have about the roster and and what the Broncos approach is going to be heading into the offseason. You know, and I think a lot of that starts with Drew Locke. Yeah, it definitely does, Phil. And I think while everyone's, uh, you know, maybe their hopes, their their what they're wondering about is if another quarterback was going to come in. But I think for the first time in a few months, we got a real strong affirmation that this administration still believes in Drew Locke and thinks he can be something. Yeah. It was uh, interesting to just uh, hear their attitudes to how they're approaching the quarterback position. And then uh, it was also the first time we really heard them talk about Justin Simmons, Von Miller, uh, a couple of guys that, uh, you know, their future with the organization is up in the air right now. So uh, a lot of questions about that. And then uh, also touched on right tackle Jawan James, who, of course, opted out last season and uh, what his future may hold. So uh, uh, a lot of things that for the very first time we're hearing George Payton talk about these players and then also uh, seeing if Vic Fangio is really on the same page as his general manager. Yeah, you know, I, I think it was interesting to to hear them talk about their working relationship, Phil. But um, uh, got a sense that oh, he wants a lot of guys to be back. We'll see if that happens or not. Um, but still, even after hearing him speak on March fourth, a lot of decisions to be made before the start of free agency, even more before the draft. Uh, so things are starting to maybe become a little bit more clear, Phil. But a lot more pieces to put in place before the start of the season. Yeah, I think that uh, if anything still a long ways away in figuring out what this team is going to look like. But at least we got a little bit of a clearer picture on the mindset that the Broncos are taking here into the offseason. So um, definitely a lot to get to here on this episode of the Neutral Zone. Eric, it would not be an episode of the Neutral Zone, though, if we didn't uh, first talk about our loyal listeners, NZ Nation. Of course, shout out to Jeff Flanagan. He says that uh, Malonia... His comment last week was uh, a play on the previous week's Phil Maloney shout out. So a lot of Maloney, Malonia, a lot of uh, uh, Italy talk. Right. You say Malonia, I say Melania. It's all, all kind of the same. We got a Delala, we Thanks. got a Milani, exactly. we got a Fangio, uh, a lot to uh, talk about there. Uh, Desmond Ray. 
uh, also commented, he, he, in the last episode, we talked about him saying that it didn't look like we were really good friends, Eric. He says, well, just to me, it seems like one of you guys gets annoyed from time to time. That's all he meant. Of course, oh. uh, we're just joking around, Desmond. Appreciate you listening. And uh, I do think that Eric quite often annoys me. So I guess I do. Yeah, you're, you're the one that often gets annoyed. I think that's fair. <laughs> yeah. I don't know why you think that's a joke, Eric, because you do annoy me. Yeah, I don't think it's a joke. No, but uh, of course, if you'd like to uh, be involved, get a shout out here on the show. Make sure you leave a comment here on YouTube or you could call in and leave a voicemail. Haven't got a lot of voicemails recently, Eric. 707 neutral. Uh, Haven't got a lot of uh, people leaving their comments. Maybe if uh, you agree with uh, what George Payton had to say today, maybe you liked what Vic Fangio had to say. Maybe you don't. Leave Leave a voicemail and we'll play it next week on the show. I think next week we're going to get into the draft a little bit more, Eric, and uh, talk about what we heard from Vic Fangio today. But uh, um, that'll be for next week's show. So maybe if you have a comment about the draft, leave that there. Or uh, they could also leave an email too, Eric. That's right. You could leave an email at neutralzoneshow at gmail.com. Yeah. So all the ways you can get involved in the show. Eric, uh, let's just dive in, though, here on our first topic, talking about the Broncos quarterback position. Um, there's been a lot of talk uh, uh, about, oh, were they involved with the Matthew Stafford talks? What's going on with Deshaun Watson? Quite frankly, it's becoming a little bit exhausting with uh, trying to keep up on all the quarterbacks that could be available. Uh, it seems like some of those might be far reaches, a little bit of a stretch. Uh, George Payton was even asked about it today. He said that he can't comment about players on another roster, but it does seem like regardless uh, of uh, what happens this off season, they definitely want to bring in more competition at that position. But at the same time, they're confident that Drew's going to take that next step. Yeah, Phil, if I, you know, just kind of extrapolating from what we heard, it almost sounded to me like maybe they aren't thinking about somebody that's going to come in and compete with Drew for the starting position. Maybe you're just thinking about elevating the backup position in case of an injury. Uh, in case Drew regresses. Um, so to me, if I'm Drew Locke and I hear this, uh, I like what I hear. Um, I, I think it shows that they have some faith in you that uh, d- despite the struggles of last season, you still got a chance to get this figured out and be the long-term guy. Um, and Phil, I'm sure you have thoughts, but I, I guess my my overarching view is just that this is what he's supposed to be doing. He's supposed to be working really hard. He's supposed to be taking every opportunity he can to be in the building, to watch and film outside because I don't want to be dramatic, but it does feel like his NFL career kind of hangs in the balance here of what, what does he do next? And so if you're not taking every possible step to make sure you're the best QB you can be, you're wasting your chance. And we've never seen Drew to be that sort of guy. So it doesn't surprise me, but all of this, Phil, you know, studying extra, um, getting extra workouts in, whatever it may be. I kind of expect that from him now until we get to the season. And, you know, I'm not going to, I like it. I like to see it, but I'm not going to praise him for doing that because uh, that's my expectation for him. For me, what he's really going to, he's going to change people's minds is when he gets back on the field and training camp or for a regular season game and, and can prove, Hey, I have taken this step. Um, you know, Phil, it's like when you're a great regular season team in any sport, but you don't win in the playoffs. After a while, people just they get kind of numb to your regular season success. And the only time you can really prove them differently is when you get to the playoffs. And it, to me, 
no matter what work Drew puts in in the offseason, we've seen him do that before. He's got to now take a step. And so for me, I'm not sure if my overall evaluation or opinion changes until I see that that change on the field. Yeah, I mean, it's nice to talk about things, but until you actually see it happening, then you're always going to wonder, okay, what's going on here? But I don't think you're being too dramatic about uh, the state of Drew Locke's career here. I mean, I do think that a lot rests on this upcoming season if he is in fact the guy once again uh, I think that you got to be encouraged by what the Broncos had to say today just because you know Drew has been in town we heard uh, from Vic Fangio say that Drew is coming in and getting workouts he, he sees him at the facility here Drew's been, got a video system set up at his house is what he was saying and he's doing that prep and that's what we've heard from Drew is that when when we last talked to him at the end of the regular season. He said, hey, I'm going to stay in town. I'm going to work hard. I'm going to do this uh, film study. He was excited about the opportunity to be able to look at a whole season and not just five games. And, uh, you know, I think that um, there's no doubt that this next season is going to be really crucial for him um, just because it's year three for him. He's got to be able to show that he can be the, a, a long-term winner here and, uh, you know, until you f f show it, you're just not going to ever be sort of comfortable with that position because it's the most important position in all sports. So, like, unless you're, like, really comfortable with the guy there, you're always going to be looking to, uh, to bring in someone else. And the fact that Drew stayed in town and he's heard all these rumors and all, all the fan base saying, yeah, go out for Deshaun Watson or, oh, what, what about Matthew Stafford? What about Russell Wilson? You know, uh, him hearing that stuff, you know, I think that that's got to be motivating. Yeah, no, I, I agree. And um, hopefully he does use it as motivation. Um, I think he did a nice job as a rookie kind of taking some of the motivation that he wasn't going to be ready to play at all to get himself ready and play well in those last five games. But uh, again, I just think that for all the talk, you know, last season, Phil, there was a lot of talk last off season about this team can take a jump. if Drew Locke can play at an MVP level. If he can be, you know, X, Y, and Z, if he can be the next, um, uh, gosh, which guys were, you know, Carson Wentz, um, that that type of player at the time, of course, that the Broncos are going to be really good and none of it materialized. And so I think this offseason for him, it can't be any talk. You know, when he gets on the podium at some point, which will happen, I'm sure, it can't be, you know, hey, we are fired up. We got a lot of weapons. We're going to go put a lot of points on the board. I think you need to see a, a humble quarterback who's, who's ready to work and who's – he's going to let his actions speak for themselves when he gets out there. And until then, I don't think you want to make any headlines. I don't think you want to make waves. You just want to work. Yeah. And he has been quiet this off season. He doesn't really post anything on social media, anything like that. He, I think he has taken this seriously. And, you know, it, I think that it's a great example of how quick, life in the NFL can just sort of hit you, you know, uh, you, you only play in five games as a rookie. You're really excited after that stretch. You know, you feel like, uh, you're going to be the guy, the organization goes out and gets you all these weapons. Then your second year, you know, you get banged up a little bit to start the season. You don't have an off season. You got a new system, you know, uh, some of the things that you did in the past where you, you know, you've taken these deep shots or you're maybe being a little bit gutsy with the football, not necessarily working anymore. And, and all of a sudden now we're talking about his entire career, maybe hanging in the balance. 
that's life in the NFL. I mean, uh, uh, you know, it, even if the Broncos go out and get a guy to be a backup, you know, say, say somebody who comes in and provides a little bit of competition, not necessarily to take that starting job, but is more of a proven commodity as your backup, maybe that, uh, that leash you're on isn't quite as long anymore. And, you know, we talked a lot last year about, Hey, uh, should Drew, should he have gotten benched in a couple of these games? And the answer from you and obviously from Vic Fangio was no, no, that's going to hurt his development, but that's with Brett Rippon and Jeff Driscoll behind you, you know, fast forward to this year, if it's all of a sudden it's an Andy Dalton or if it's a, a Fitzpatrick, somebody like that, then that leash is going to be really short. And if you're not getting it done, boom, you're out of the game. So uh, I do think that uh, things are going to be intense for Drew Locke, definitely at the start of next season. Uh, let's play Let's play uh, a quick thing from Vic Fangio here, just talking about uh, what he hopes to see with competition at the quarterback position. I'm confident that Drew's going to continue to improve. Drew's had a... Uh... Great off season up to this point. You know, there's not a lot you can do, but he's working hard on his own, you know, coming over here and getting workouts. And I know he's doing a lot at home on by himself, you know, watching video by himself. He's got a good setup over there and he's doing anything and everything he can to improve even as in February and now in March. And I, I feel like he'll continue to improve as it relates to the quarterback carousel that, Everybody's talking about going around the league. We'll see how it turns out. You know, there's right now it's just a, a lot of um, rumors and innuendos and everybody proposing this and that. Um, you know, I really don't know what's going to happen with some of the names that are being bandied about out there. What do you think about that, Eric? Uh, sort of interesting. He said it's innuendos. Um he said that he doesn't know what's going what's gonna to happen with those names that are circulating there. Um, it's sort of interesting just hearing him talk about Drew, though. Yeah, no, I think it becomes more and more clear that absent uh, Deshaun Watson, that Drew's at least going to get a chance here to prove himself. Um, and I think what George Payton said, he has all the things you need to be an NFL quarterback. Um, his mindset off the field is correct, Phil. You know, working hard, getting those extra reps in. I just think the biggest thing for Drew, the mindset on the field has to change, like you mentioned, to just too many mistakes that are um, – we've heard Vic Fangio talk before about athletic arrogance and having a little bit of that. There are times when Drew has a little too much, and I think that the mindset on the field has to change to let's make the smart throw, let's take what's there, um, let's not try to get it all back at once. If he can do that, I think he's got a chance to be a really good, really solid NFL quarterback. But uh, Again, we just got to see it. Eric, do you think that he could take that away from him, though? It seems like his personality is not that. Like, uh, you see him rapping on the sidelines. That was, like, all the rage last offseason because he was playing well and people loved that fieriness. Every, everybody likes it when you're good and you're cocky or and you've got this edge to you. But when you're not good, then all of a sudden people are saying, well, he shouldn't be doing that or he shouldn't be acting like that. What do you think? You think that it's just something that's ingrained in him to be able to play that way and you can't really take that away from him? Or do you think that these are areas you can improve on? 
Well, I, I mean, I think there's a difference between rapping and dancing and celebrating, which I'm fine with all that. I think that it's good. It fires people up, especially on his team. Uh, what you can't do is throw an interception off your back foot because you're trying to make something happen at a, a time that makes no sense in the game to do that. That's got to change because otherwise it doesn't matter if it's part of your personality or not. It's going to, it's going to, this season, I would think it's going to make you end up on the bench. And so um, he's got to figure that out. So, you know, Phil, dance after you make a nice swing pass that the running back takes for a touchdown or dance after you get the ball into Jerry Judy's hands and he takes it 92 yards or you throw a ball up to Cortland Sutton that he only he can get the, plenty of opportunities to dance, plenty of opportunities to wrap all that stuff. But you, you can't make, you know, I think of a throw like the one he made against the Falcons where he's leaning back. I think about the one into the end zone against the Raiders. Those are throws you just cannot, cannot make. Um, and that's not about game style or whatever. Those are just poor decisions. Yeah, I, that's what I was going to say is that I think that you love to see Drew be Drew, you know, like be that kind of leader in the locker room, be that kind of guy who's going to fire up his teammates, be that kind of guy who's got that confidence. But at the same time, learn, uh, build new parts of your game, grow and and adjust to the NFL level. And I think that you're going to see him have success just because you know, uh, he's got all the tools, you know, he's big, he's athletic. He can run around a little bit. He can make any throw on the football field. He's got all the physical tools. Now it's just about taking that and putting it into a package that works at the NFL level. Um, Eric here, I just want to play one more soundbite from uh, Vic Fangio that we heard a little bit later on in his press conference, just talking more about the quarterback position. You know, until we get, um, or until Drew proves to be the next uh, uh, great quarterback, you know, the, the ones that the Denver franchise has been used to in years past or certain teams around the league, you guys know where they are, are used to, we're going to always try and bring in competition. Um, but I have confidence that Drew can continue to improve. What do you think about that, uh, Eric? He, he kind of had to stop himself self from saying, until we bring in a guy. And then he said, well, actually, until Drew can do it too. Uh, what did you think about him talking about wanting to increase competition there? Well, just kind of what you said before. I mean, I think until you've got the guy, it makes sense to keep looking. And really, it's got to be a top five guy. I mean, there you know, there's conversations every year about if Matt Stafford is going to stay in Detroit or Matt Ryan's going to stay in Atlanta. Um, I think even a guy like Dak Prescott, should the Cowboys commit the money they're going to need to commit to him? Do they believe in him enough? So this conversation doesn't go away. You know, if you suddenly get somebody else in the draft, I think that even teams with successful quarterbacks that have had some success, you continue to see this time and time again. So I wouldn't read too much into that other than that there's clearly been a shift from the 2020 offseason when everyone was 100% all in on Drew. This year it's a little more tepid, and we'll, we'll just have to see where it goes. But I think everything just comes down to he's got to prove it on the field. That's what I was going to mention is just that there's a different tone where instead of uh, giving him that support uh, publicly that they did last offseason, this offseason they said, okay, now we've got to give some of that tough love talking about, hey, let's increase the, the competition level here. Let's make it so that everybody's feeling a little bit of that 
pressure that I think that is fair. This just, you know, it's been a long time since the Broncos have been in the playoffs. It's been a long time since uh, had that taste of success and excitement late in the season. Eric, I think that uh, it's time to just ramp up that that pressure level a little bit. And the Broncos are certainly uh, exploring those options. And uh, Eric, we've talked about this in the past. Denver is a very attractive position for a top-notch backup quarterback just because uh, Drew's future, a little bit shaky, and there's a lot of weapons. There's a lot to like about this Broncos offense. So uh, you think that they should be able to go out there and get uh, a premier backup quarterback if they want to. Yeah. I mean, I think that that's likely and it'll just depend on who they want and do they want someone that can challenge Drew for the starting position uh, right off the back? Is it somebody that if Drew doesn't play well, you want to be able to step in Uh, lots of different options there. So it'll be interesting to see what they do. Um, it wouldn't surprise me if maybe they don't sign someone in the initial wave of free agency. Maybe you wait to see what dust settles. Uh, George Payton kind of mentioned, or excuse me, Vic Fangio mentioned that George Payton's already kind of looked at some of the cap casualties that could be possibilities. And that's not just at the quarterback position, but really around the, just all over the roster, but maybe there's a guy uh, that you don't expect that becomes available and, uh, could be a good fit in Denver for, for not a, you know, exorbitant salary. And just because of the names that are still circulating out there as trade possibilities, uh, you would be maybe surprised to go out and get a guy and then make a trade, you know, uh, uh, for for a big-time player. Uh, I would think that the quarterback position is maybe a little bit of a slow play. Uh, I agree with you there, Eric. Uh, let's move on to a couple of other guys that uh, were uh, topics of conversation on this Thursday. Eric, let's start with Justin Simmons. The deadline for uh, the Broncos to apply the franchise tag on him is coming up next week. Uh, it does seem like that George Payton and Vic Fangio want Justin Simmons back. Yeah, George Payton said his number one priority since getting to Denver has been trying to get Justin Simmons uh, signed to a long-term deal. He didn't bring up the franchise tag. He wasn't specifically asked, would you tag him um, ahead of free agency? I think it's probably a decent bet that that happens. I don't think the Broncos are going to give up that leverage um, because they would still have a few more months until July 15th to keep negotiating. Um, but it certainly sounds more positive maybe than it did a year ago. Uh, I think they're probably closer on numbers anyway, because the franchise tag number that Justin would play for is pretty close to what the top safeties make anyway. And so they're not trying to maybe get as close from as far away as they were. Uh, and then just Justin Simmons was on Sirius XM the other day and he sounded really positive. Um, kind of his end of season press conference, Phil sounded almost like a goodbye from Justin, just with how somber it was. Um, he didn't want to talk about his future on Sirius XM, he said, I want to be back. And that's, he didn't really say that at the, his end of season press conference, he kind of stayed away from all that. So I think it shows that maybe that relationship is mending a little bit. Having George Payton in there has helped. Um, you know, we're going to go through these guys, Phil, that George Payton said he wants back. Justin Simmons is going to be on this team next year. I, I feel very, very confident in that. Yeah. I mean, uh, I think the bigger question is just whether or not they get a long-term deal done. If they could finally settle on, some uh, some numbers here just where it makes sense for both sides but yes football player Justin Simmons checks all the boxes 
especially in today's NFL. I think off the field, he's the leader. You know, he's a he's a strong guy in the community. You know, I think that uh, he's exactly what you want, you know, in both areas there. So uh, definitely a guy that uh, the Broncos want to see come back. And uh, it wouldn't surprise me if they tag him just so it buys them a little bit of extra time to work on a deal. And then the big question is just whether or not they get that deal done. So uh, that is, I think, uh, priority number one for this Broncos team is to just get that done, put that in the past and move on. I think that that would... uh, I think that that would send a message to everybody else in the locker room. A lot of the younger guys just that, Hey, if you do things the right way, you know, the Broncos are going to keep you and they, they value good young players who play hard and, and go about their business the right way. I think that that would send a nice message. And I think that it would, it would be an opportunity to just turn the page and focus on other areas you know, hey, let's just get this done and then let's go out and do do some other stuff here. Yeah, it, you're right. It is about more than just Justin. It's a, a chance for George Payton to set the tone and say, hey, Cortland Sutton, you know, you're eligible for an extension. You do the right things. You come back from your injury. We're going to take care of you. Um, you know, Bradley Chubb, we're going to take care of you. He didn't specify what was going to happen with that fifth-year option. I think there's a decent chance that gets picked up. Maybe the only reason that's a little – maybe as if he is just a much higher number now than it was a year ago because of the new CBA. But guys like that, Noah Fant, when it gets to that time, Dalton Reisner. I mean, these are guys that we've talked about this again and again, the good problem you have when you draft well is that there's guys to extend. And so um, you'd like to see him take care of them. And you'd like for, in general, for things like this Justin Simmons thing to be solved much before you have to franchise tag someone for a second time. Exactly. Uh, what do you think about what he, uh, George Bain had to say about Von Miller said that he wants to bring him back, but uh, the legal stuff, uh, they're taking it seriously. Yeah. Justin Simmons, like I said, a kind of certainty, everybody else that he mentioned, I think there's a little wiggle room because you probably can't bring all of these guys back. Um or you could, but then you're gonna have to cut somebody else elsewhere. You're not gonna have money to re-sign other free agents. Um, Vaughn, I, th- I think we're just gonna have to see. He didn't go into specifics about if he'd asked Vaughn to restructure. He said he didn't want to talk about that. Um, I kind of think if he hadn't asked him, he would have said no. We haven't just because there's no reason to kind of keep that quiet. Um, so that makes me think that you know, is it a restructure? Is it a uh, contract extension, but Phil, we're getting close. You know, we've got about 10 days left before that decision has to be made. Um, I'm less certain there. I think it really truly might be a coin flip about whether he's back uh, in Denver next year. Yeah. Von Miller definitely seems like uh, up in the air to me. I uh, uh, did not really learn anything new. Uh, I think they played it pretty good you know, in terms of not giving up any, any sort of information about him other than they will, they hope that he's back. They hope that they could eventually see that pairing of Von Miller and Bradley Chubb. That's what we all wanted to see here. And we've just really not gotten a chance, uh, at least with Vic Fangio as the head coach, you know, uh, with Bradley Chubb going down in the fourth game of the season in 2019, Von Miller missing all of last year. I think that they want Vaughn back. It's just if it, it makes sense financially. 
I think that uh, it's, it is going to have to truly be a wait and see uh, with Vaughn. There are several other guys that the Broncos uh, talked about. Kareem Jackson uh, was another guy that seemed like they're up in the air. George Payton said that he's talked with uh, Kareem's agent and that he doesn't view Kareem and Justin as, as sort of uh, affecting each other. He said they're, they're two separate things. Yeah, Phil, you know, according to reports, Kareem's option right now is just $1.5 million. So, you know, there's a chance you could see them pick it up. And then if kind of like they did with Todd Davis a year ago, and then maybe if uh, you get to training camp and things aren't going well or Kareem Jackson has lost a step, then maybe you move on and you eat a million dollars, which, you know, for most people is a lot. For guys like you, Phil, for the Broncos, uh, you can you can just kind of toss aside a million dollars and deal with it. Um, but, yeah, I, I wouldn't be surprised if Kareem's back. I think he's probably less likely to get an extension maybe, and that's just speculative. But I think the, the depth of the safety class in the draft, the number of guys that are on the free agent market, maybe it just doesn't make quite as much sense there. I agree. And I think that Kareem brings something that the Broncos don't really have elsewhere outside of Von Miller. And that's just a, a veteran who's been in the league who kind of can uh, put his arm around a guy like Justin Simmons and be like, here's how you carry yourself in these situations, just stuff like that. I think Kareem is an important sort of a elderly statesman of sorts, you know, where he could just say, you know, here's what it's like to be a player in the NFL and here's how you handle yourself and stuff. I think that uh, Kareem is valuable. And also, he's a heck of a player on the field. I mean, he brings an uh, intimidation factor in the secondary where you're not necessarily getting that from Justin Simmons. Um, And, you know, he comes in and lays the wood and forces fumbles and does things that uh, you need in the secondary. So I think that uh, it would make sense if they could somehow figure out a way to bring back Kareem. Um, just a couple more here, Eric, before we get to my conversation with George Payton. But uh, as far as some of these guys that they want to tender, Payton said that they're going to tender everybody. He just wasn't specific about uh, what grade he was going to give these guys. He says that they're going to tender Tim Patrick, Philip Lindsay, uh, Alexander Johnson. They're going to tender those guys, but he didn't really go into much more detail uh, uh, than that. Yeah, and I think the important thing to understand here is that if you give a second round tender to these guys, you're going to keep them, I think. You know, Tim Patrick's a heck of a player. Alexander Johnson's a starter. Philip Lindsay, obviously a pro bowler. But I don't think a team's going to give up a second round pick for them. And if they do, I think if you're the Broncos, you you say, hey, George Payton loves draft picks. That's okay with us. Um, The late round tender, I think any of those guys that gets – or excuse me, an original round tender, any of those guys that gets that put on them, I think they're probably gone. And because I do think, you know, someone will sign a Pro Bowl running back for an original round, you know, they'll make an offer sheet the way that um, a few years ago, Phil, the Dolphins did on C.J. Anderson. The Broncos met that, and so they kept C.J. Anderson, but I don't know if they would do the same thing with Philip Lindsay. Or if Tim Patrick, you know, gets offered $8 million a year, are they going to pay Jerry Judy, Corlin Sutton, and Tim Patrick that much money? Uh, I don't know. Same with Alexander Johnson. So to me, uh, the late round tender is kind of like a, you know, it's worth putting on them in in case they slip through and you're able to keep them. But uh, it really, 
I would guess that my, my guess of what will happen is that I would think second round tenders for Tim Patrick and Alexander Johnson and a late round tender for Philip Lindsay. Um, but again, I think any of those guys that gets an original round tender is, is probably gone. And the way that compensation works for those people who are not familiar is that another team can offer that player a contract. If the Broncos decide not to match it, because all these guys are undrafted, former undrafted players, the Broncos get nothing in return. So um, it's a little bit of a tricky situation, but I think you're, you're essentially deciding, can we pay each of these guys $3 million? And the, the answer is probably not. Yeah, I agree with you that it seems like right now, Tim Patrick and Alexander Johnson, a little bit more valuable than Philip Lindsay uh, at the current time. You know, what's interesting, Eric, is that when it comes time to talk about these players, it does seem like fans want all these guys to come back. But what's strange is like, you're not seeing the results on the field. Do you know what I mean? The Broncos aren't winning a ton of games, but yet when it comes time to part way, ways with a guy, a lot of fans are saying, we got to keep this guy. We got to keep this guy. And it's like, well, if you want to get better, you're going to have to make some tough changes. Yeah, I think that's a fair point. I do think that, you know, a guy like Justin Simmons, you simply don't have enough top end players on your team right now to afford to let one of them go. So it's a, it is a little bit different with a guy like Justin Simmons than with a guy like uh, Philip Lindsay, maybe. Um, but yeah, you're right, Phil. That is, you know, you can think the world of these guys and you cheer them on every week, but something clearly isn't working and maybe they just need a new combination. Maybe you need to bring somebody else in, but um, it is a good point. Shelby Harris is the other guy, Phil, that he mentioned. Um, that kind of surprised me. He said Shelby Harris is a real priority in free agency, kind of one of their top targets. Um, a year ago, the Broncos essentially said, good luck, thank you, go see what's out there for you, and then re-signed him to a really team-friendly one-year deal when essentially Shelby Harris's market never materialized. Um, I kind of expected him, Phil, to take the same approach this year and just say, hey, if you know, good luck again, if things don't work out, we'd love to have you back. But it almost seems like they're willing to uh, to go after him and give him that contract that he's looking for. Well, the other approach is, hey, they let go of Jarrell Casey. Let's make it a priority to bring back Shelby Harris. Let's not see what the market uh, can, uh, what the market is for him. Let's go ahead and dictate his market. Let's jump out of in front of it. Let's not go crazy, but let's just make him a priority. Let's not let him test the waters too much, and let's bring him back. So we got about uh, you got about ten days left to do that. Yeah. So. We'll see. It's going to be a big 10 days here before uh, the start of the new league year. Um, after the press conferences today, I did have a chance to uh, catch up one-on-one -on -one with George Payton. Uh, here's my conversation with the new Broncos general manager. George, I know you wanted to hit the ground running. Uh, how have the last couple of months gone? It's been great. It's been a, it's been a good transition. It's it's been good getting to meet everyone, all the different departments in the organization and sitting down with our scouts and the coaches and, and the cap and Richard Tato and, and John and just getting to know the lay of the land and, and getting into football and free agency and now in draft meetings. So it's been really good. Uh, now that you've had a chance to settle in a little bit, what do you feel like the number one priority is this offseason? You know, just to help this football team, you know, with the best players, with high character players and, and uh, you know, just try to get us better at every position, you know, more better depth and, uh, and create a team culture, you know, within the locker room. 
Uh, I know you've had a chance to talk a little bit about Justin Simmons. Yes. Uh, what have your chats been like with him? You know, I've only had one or two chats with him, and they've been great. And, and he's relayed to me. He wants to be a Bronco, and uh, he's the type of player you know we want here long term. Uh, I know in your press conference you talked. A you said you want Von Miller back too. Yes. What does he bring to this defense? Uh, such a dynamic player, obviously. Yeah, I mean he just brings juice. You know, anyone that can rush. He's a unique pass rusher. You know, and that and that's something that's a priority in this league. So, when you get a guy like him and Chubb on the field at the same time, you know the Broncos haven't seen that. You know, too often. So it'd be nice to see them in that role. Yeah, that's what everybody was excited about when Vic first uh, came to Denver. Uh, you mentioned Drew Locke as well. You said you've seen him around the facility. What do you want him to do this offseason? What, what do you want his approach to be? Just do what he's doing. He's working every day. You know, don't put too much pressure on yourself, but he's working every day and just improve on things that he really needs to work on. And, and it's important that he's self-aware and knows what he needs to work on. But I see him here every day and he's working hard. How about a guy like Corlin Sutton? He must be around to uh, the excitement uh, surrounding a player like that. Too. Yeah, I just saw him running routes on the field, so that was fun. You know, that, that made my day. But uh, no, he's working hard. He, he's, uh, he's a great player. He's a great worker. He's a great leader. So he's, he's the type of you know, player we want here. Uh, just a couple more for you, George. Normally, we'd be talking at the Combine in Indianapolis. Yeah. Uh, yeah. How do you think things are going to be different this year without a combine? You know, they're going to be different. I think it's, there's going to be more priority on, on your college scouts and the evaluation, you know, because you're not, you're not going to be able to spend as much time at the school. So really, I'm going to rely on our scouts and the information and the background, and, and we're going to hit the pro days hard, you know, and maybe go to more pro days than, we, than we've gone in previous years. So I think, you know, it's really going to be a, a scout-centric draft, I think. Uh, it's pretty early in the process, but where do you feel like the strength of this uh, draft is? Boy, it's, it is early. You know, I think, um, you know, it's another strong receiver class. Uh, you know, I think there's some good offensive alignment as well. But uh, we're still getting through our meetings, so I'll, I'll talk to you here in, uh, you know, a month or so. Okay. You probably won't give away anything then. Probably right? not, no. <laughs> probably not. George, I know that you've been here early in the morning working hard, but have you had a chance to get around the city at all, see, see anything? You know, I've gone on a few hikes, a few jogs, and uh, a few restaurants, and so that's about the extent of it, but uh, it's been great. The, the good thing is, and I tell my family, is when I'm working on the week, the sun's out every day, you know, or pretty much every day, which is a little different than Minneapolis, so it's been great. Pretty soon you'll be a Colorado. Exactly, <laughs> yeah, looking forward to it. Yeah, get my family here, and then we are. We're Coloradoans. Eric, my thanks to uh, George Payton for taking some time to chat there. Uh, a lot of uh, similar uh, topics to the uh, press conferences, a, lo a lot of the talk about the free agents and stuff, but it uh, was interesting to hear him say that, uh, you know, uh, with regards to the draft and everything that's coming up, uh, they're going to probably value pro days a little bit more just without uh, there being a combine and that kind of stuff. So. I think that uh, we're about to head into some uncharted waters in terms of teams really preparing to draft a player that they haven't had very specific measurables on, haven't had a chance to really meet with this person, in, you know, face to face. It's going to be a, an interesting couple of months, and we'll talk a lot about that, obviously, on the show. Yeah. Did you, uh, you were okay saying, hey, George, didn't just kind of say, try to say John or anything? You were all right there? I was okay. Yes. Yeah. Uh, my instinct started to go, John, but I morphed it George. <laughs> it's nice that they kind of start with the same sound. 
<laughs> yeah. Well, I've gotten to uh, uh, spend some time around George uh, just being here at the facility. I'm uh, not sure if you saw it, Eric, but uh, we released the first teaser trailer for Behind the Broncos. No shortcuts. Uh, make sure you check that out. That's coming up uh, this next Tuesday, March 9th, Eric, is when what? we drop on the first episode. Which one of those is the name? Um, no shortcuts, I think, is technically the name of this, but um, the episodic, if that's a word that we like in the business, the docu-series type of uh, content, that will all be under the umbrella of Behind the Broncos. Got it. I just wanted to make sure to know what to search, because I'd imagine you could find this on like YouTube. Yes, YouTube, I think, is going to be a big place uh, to consume that. But um, what I was trying to say, Eric, oh, is sorry. To spend some time around George Payton. Uh, got got a, a little bit of a chance to know the personality a little bit. And uh, we're going to highlight that a lot in uh, some of this cool content coming up. Oh, so you already know what they're going to do with Von Miller. Of course I do. Yeah, <laughs> I've been in all of those talks. Got it. So you're just leading, you're just kind of like letting me just talk and you're like yeah he has no idea what he's saying <laughs> get a load of this guy eric i don't really need to be in those meetings to know that or think that about you so that's that's true that's fair <laughs> uh let's uh wrap up uh, the show here eric talking about one last player if you could believe it or not there's so many guys with their future up in the air but uh one guy we wanted to highlight here at the end is Jawan james the Broncos right tackle that they went out uh, in the 2019 off season, made that a big priority, made Juwan James the highest paid right tackle in the NFL, brought him in and we're expecting big things from him. It, it hasn't quite materialized just yet. Uh, a lot of injury problems in 2019 couldn't stay on the field. And then last year, of course, uh, opted out before the season uh, due to uh, COVID and everything. So, it brings up a, an interesting position for the Broncos and Juwan James heading into this next year. Yeah. And, and the truth of the matter is Phil is, you know, George Payton said he's talked to Juwan James and that Juwan's excited to come back and, and play again. And Vic said the same thing. And that's good news. The truth is the Broncos don't have a whole lot of options here because, because he opted out, the contract does not toll from a year ago. And so essentially there's still this massive salary cap hit that you'd take in dead money if you were to, to move on from Juwan James. And so for all intents and purposes, Juwan James is going to be on this roster unless something crazy happens and they just decide to eat that money. But you might as well at least see what you have in him before coming to that decision. But, you know, I think best case scenario, because we've kind of seen the worst case scenario, which was that he didn't play much in 2019 and at all in 2020, is that say he does come in and he – you know, plays at the level, like the first half of the Texans game in 2019, he was really good. And Drew played really well in that half. He threw three touchdown passes. If he plays at that level, then you've still got him under contract for two more years after next year because of the, the contract not tolling. So it could be kind of an unexpected benefit. You'd have Garrett Bowles under contract at left tackle. You'd have a really good set of bookends there. And then you talk about young talent and Lloyd Cushenberry and Dalton Reisner, uh, Graham Glasgow is a good player. Natani Muti, I think he's going to push for a starting job sooner or later. So th those are all, you could have a really strong offensive line that's all under contract for the next couple of years. Um, and that's if things go well. And, you know, you know we'll have to see. But, um, yeah, I, I think it is encouraging, Phil, I guess, that 
Juwan is enthused about coming back. We'll have to see. I do think he's going to have to earn some of the trust of his teammates back. Garrett Bowles mentioned that uh, early last season, right after he opted out. But uh, that'll be a storyline to monitor. But Phil, if, if they can solve that right tackle issue, which was an issue in 2020, um, they'll definitely be a lot better off. I was going to say, do you think that Jawan comes in and is immediately the day one starter? Or do you think that Elijah Wilkinson has something to say about it? Or how do you think they'll handle that? Well, Elijah Wilkinson's an unrestricted free agent. So they, you know, they'd have to re-sign him or figure something else out. Um, it wouldn't surprise me if the Broncos, you know, say like a, a guy like uh, Sewell fell down to ninth in the draft or something. And you had you had concerns about Juwan James long-term. I think you'd probably have to consider taking him there. You know, maybe you find a right tackle somewhere else in the draft just to develop in case things don't work out. But uh, Elijah Wilkinson struggled at times. DeMar Dotson played pretty well, but, you know, he's also an unrestricted free agent. Uh, it wasn't perfect by any means. If you could get another really good tackle in there to complement Garrett Bowles, you would be in good shape. Um, and on the offense, you've kind of got a few holes. You've got quarterback, if you know, depending on what happens with Drew and how he progresses. You've got running back, depending on what happens with Philip Lindsay and Melvin Gordon. And then you've got right tackle. And so um, for all the additions you made a year ago, there's still things to figure out. And uh, I think the best case scenario is that a player, a player that you're already paying can can be that guy. Yeah, most definitely. I mean, I would say that the offense is in much better position shape than the defense is right now yes a, a lot yeah. more holes on that side of the ball but yeah I think you're right if John James could come in and, and be that guy on that right tackle then I think you really have to be optimistic about this offensive line I, I could see them trying to bring back uh, Elijah Wilkinson uh, but uh, maybe uh, he might not want to come back just uh, if he's not got a, a chance to really play so uh, it'll be interesting to see how they handle that if Sewell drops to number nine <laughs> Let me just tell you, I think that the phone is going to be ringing off the hook because you're talking about maybe the best offensive lineman falling to nine. I think you got you'd have to have a, a serious consideration, or if not, you maybe you're moving back in the draft. Well, I think our guy Rashawn Slater probably is already off the board at that point. Maybe he goes. I hear him and the Jacksonville's really uh, confused <laughs> about whether to take him or Trevor Lawrence. I've been hearing really good things about this Panay Sewell, uh, the tackle, obviously, from Oregon. I, I'm hearing, like, really good things. So. Some Pac-12 bias, I think. Just saying. Just saying, Eric. Uh, Eric, let's wrap up the show like we uh, always like to do. Shout-outs. Uh, anybody that you want to particularly highlight uh, uh, in today's show? Probably Liz Manis would be good. I think – We've got interna International Women's Day coming up, Phil. Yes. We do have some uh, special content coming up for Monday, uh, Eric, uh, highlighting some uh, of the employees who work for the Broncos and uh, really excited about that. I think that uh, this year uh, they're doing something called Choose to Challenge. That, mm. uh, that's the International Women's uh, Day um, motto this year is Choose to Challenge. So we have some cool stuff uh, coming up with that. So be sure. Excited to see it. Yeah. That's and, not a docu-series. Uh, Behind the Broncos – Choose the challenge. Choose the challenge. That's not what this is. Oh, got it. Okay. Yeah. Um, also, a shout out, I think, our friend Ben Swanson. He decided to come to work this week. Yes, he did. There was some love for Ben Swanson. We did get an email, Eric, uh, the other day, just talking about 
the impact that his Marlon Briscoe, what would you call that? Would you call that more like sort of a book or like, what would you say that is? Yeah, maybe like a, what, what would you call a written series? I'm not quite sure what the verbiage yeah, is for that. Broncos, something, something. But this this person, they said uh, they really liked the video Ben Swanson did on Marlon Briscoe. Yeah. Um, not a video. We know, there, we know there were some paintings that he did, and there were some words. I haven't seen the video yet. I do believe that they probably exist, that he's made those. I just, I haven't seen them. Yeah, I have not seen it either. Uh, but he, I did see a, a, a drawing, an illustration. Uh, yep. I did see that. So that was pretty cool. So got to give him a shout out as well. Uh, but also shout out Liz Manis, So Yeah. All right. Well, I think that that's going to uh, wrap up uh, this episode. If you'd like to uh, get in touch with the show, 707-NEUTRAL leave a voicemail and we'll play it right here on the air. Let us know what you think about the draft coming up because we're going to have a lot of talk about the draft. Vic Fangio today was asked about the cornerback position. So we're going to save that for next week. Let us know what you think the Broncos should do with that number nine spot. And we'll break it down uh, on next week's show. You can also leave uh, an email somehow, Eric. That's right, Phil. Again, neutralzoneshow at gmail.com. Interesting. Or you could just smash that subscribe right down there on YouTube. Smash it. And then leave a comment. We love to read the comments. We read all the comments, especially comments about my hair. We love those kind of comments, Eric. Yeah. You don't have the fan on, but normally you've got it facing the other way so that it's kind of like a... Yeah. Yeah. That's what I do pretty much all the rest of the day beside when I'm recording the neutral zone. Right. Yeah. This bad boy doesn't just happen on its own. So needs a lot of air. No, I'm glad it doesn't. You don't want that going kind of untamed, unregulated. Yes. Uh, you can also find us on Twitter at Eric Delala with an A at Phil Milani with a PH. Very untraditional spellings there. Uh, very strange, Eric, if you ask me, but that's what, that's who we are. That's what this show is all about. A little bit of strangeness, but uh, uh, that's how you can get in contact with us. Uh, our thanks once again to George Payton for taking some time to chat and uh, break down uh, what's about to become a, a very important 10 days here uh, for the Broncos as they head into the new league year. We'll be back next week, but until then, for Eric Dalala, I am Phil Milani. You've been listening to The, the Neutral Zone. Zone.